A little pressure. We got an audience member. <laughs> yes. And a name on the front is a hell of a lot more important than the one in the back. Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. Wham! Cut sap. First try. Why so serious? He's a fast killer. I love the smell of night pump in the morning. I'm freaking pumped. I've been drinking green tea all goddamn day! I don't know. I have a bad feeling about this. Hello, everybody. You're listening to the Good Day for a Movie Podcast. I'm Jacob. Joined alongside me, as always, Sage. Whoa. Hello. And Tate. What's up? How we doing? We're doing good, because we're also joined by my grandma. Yeah, we've got an audience member tonight. Yes, I'm anxious to see how this all works. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm anxious to see how you how you think it goes, and if we, if we if you think we're smooth operators or not, because sometimes we're not. <laughs> Most of the times, though, we are. <laughs> Boys, how we doing? The, the the day this is released, the national championship for the basketball is uh, tonight. I know Sage doesn't care about sports, so we don't have to spend too much time on that but uh how we doing how's the week been i don't care too much about that anymore now that ut's out uh, that's the that's the yeah. dog i had in the fight now that they're out and uh, still got my yukon future out there plus 1400 still alive there you go i know everything that's been happening and i'm that's such a lie for it <laughs> yes name one other final four team besides yukon san diego state Ooh, yep, west yeah can you name the two others florida atlantic Yep. And Miami. Yeah, had a boy. He, he likes to think he doesn't follow sports, but he still does. It's all from hearsay and texts. And I have I watched the U, the Miami UT game because Tate and I's stepdad is from UT and they were watching it the other night and I went over and of course the game I watch. There we go. <laughs> Damn, you're yeah. not gonna get invited back. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wish I could take that one back. <laughs> All right. Well, we are we are here for a special occasion. Not, not it's not a, it's my pick. But we're we're watching a big movie, a big movie big from time. 1959. Um, it's the start of Holy Week. Palm Sunday was yesterday as of release. We are we are watching Ben Hur, directed by William Wyler. After a Jewish prince is betrayed and sent into slavery by a Roman friend in first century Jerusalem, he regains his freedom and comes back for revenge. Starring Charlton Heston, Jack Hawkins, Stephen Boyd, uh, Haya Harit, uh, Hugh Griffith, a few others, uh, names that that nobody will recognize. I will never know, and I will never remember. (laughs) Charlton Heston's the only name you need to remember from this cast. Who's that? Ben-Hur? He's he's Judah Ben-Hur. He's Judah Ben-Hur. All right. I can try and remember that one. I will admit, when you said the name of this movie last time, I was thinking Ben-Hur, like B-E-E-N-H-E-R, and I was like... That's a totally Uh, different movie. Yeah, I was like this. And then you read the description and I was so confused. I was (laughs) so confused. And then it wasn't until y'all sent a couple texts saying like, wait, is it the 2016 or 1959? And you actually typed out Ben H-U-R. I was like, whoa, thank goodness I saw that text or else I would have watched a completely different movie. Sage almost watched Her. (laughs) (laughs) I think there is a movie called Ben Her, like, be like past tense her 
But Charlton Heston was a big heartthrob. I was married in 57, and he did a lot of movies. And anything that he was in um, was a box hit. Well, because of not only the fact that he was a really great um, actor, but my God, look at him. <laughs> All right, question. Easy, well, while we, <laughs> while we got Mom. you here, because I know you're not going to hang out for the full thing, and you saw this in the theaters, you said, when it came out um, initially. Yes. What were but the. We didn't have huge screens like you do now, but still seeing it on a bigger screen than on sages tv here um i think you would have got the emphasis you know the numbers of people and the beautiful scenery it was so well done yeah we'll get into more of that on the other side of like how well like i was is very impressive but i got a question for you before we jump into like more movie stuff who else was a heartthrob of that time for the ladies oh my god was the biggest well, like for came, yeah, I guess sailor. who were all of the heartthrobs of the fifties and sixties? Anybody about the men for you, Cary Grant probably. I, I it's a it's a yeah. common thing that I hear when I talk to about some old movies. Like I've heard it when we watched Sundance Kid. Um, you said Paul yeah. Newman, I think. Paul Newman. Yeah, you said oh, he yeah. was a heartthrob. Robert Redford. Oh God, yes. <laughs> you guys are better at this than me, but I, boy. She started picking her... A lot better win- <laughs> than you have today. I mean, most of the heartthrobs today are kind of uh, wussy. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Once you said Paul New, you know my grandma starts getting some ideas in her head when she starts picking at her fingernails. And once you said Paul Newman, she went, oh, yeah, and started picking up. <laughs> so that, yeah. Careful, that, that's she's going to smack you. Yeah. I, I've got a couple other movies I'll suggest to you guys. Yeah, I, I love it. <laughs> okay, Absolutely. well, I'm going to head home. All right. Sage made me a beautiful dinner. Well, good for him. He's, he's, he turned loved, out to be a good young I man. I love the movie. But now I'm glad. I'm thank you for joining us. You said good night. <laughs> Good night. Good night. I'm so glad that she decided to watch that movie with you, Sage. Oh, yeah. And once we paused it last night, I was like, I can't watch anymore. I need to watch the rest tomorrow. She's like, okay, so we're doing dinner and movie tomorrow. I was like, cool. <laughs> Works for me. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. And she she came over with filet mignons and naan bread and, made, and I made a salad and I cooked everything. And so we had that for dinner. I made a little pan sauce for it. So this is wow. Dope Very night. nice. Um, heck yeah um i i was gonna say charlton heston he has never seen the 10 commandments from uh 56 but he was also in he was the main guy in the original planet of the apes movie whoa have you guys seen that one don't think so no but you know who he reminded me of is uh (laughs) i thought his face looked a lot like tom brady's face Oh, I could see that. Yeah, Tom Brady. But there's a couple scenes where I was like, "Wow, he looks like Tom Brady." But he's like halfway in between like this plastic Tom Brady we have and like the hot Tom Brady before plastic surgery. Yeah, I didn't. I guess I can't even picture before and after plastic surgery. Oh, Tom. Brady's had a lot of evolutions. He like when he first came into the league, he was like kind of a chubby, like not uggo, but like just average like looking dude. Skeleton sunken in face now. Oh yeah, now he's he's gone. He's his post NFL career is going to be one of the weirdest things I think we ever anybody's ever seen. Yeah, he's a weirdo. 
Did you find your person, Sage, that you think he looks like? Yeah, he looks like Patrick Wilson. Oh, I could kind of see that. I could see that, too. I couldn't think of Watchmen. How the hell? I couldn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Patrick Wilson. He looks like anytime I saw him, I was like, who? What the? Who the? Hold up. What the? Hold up. <laughs> Seriously, take Google him. I can totally see that. Um, okay, after take Google. Oh, him, yeah. He's the insidious guy. Or, uh, mm-hmm. Conjuring. Horror movie. Yeah, Conjuring. Conjuring. Yep, yeah. yep, yep, yep. And he's an insidious. Yeah. 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 I, I think definitely. insidious is part of the Conjuring universe. I think so. But yes, he definitely looks like that man. Yeah. That's a classic. Yeah, can... <laughs> no, don't. Don't be Jack um, Bridges. Yeah. Don't you dare say it. <laughs> what are their names? <laughs> Jeff Bridges, Kurt Russell. Yeah, don't that's a classic. It. That's a that's a generational Kurt Russell. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> Jeff Bridges. It's, all right, well, let's get into this thing on the other side. Generation after generation of readers have been thrilled by Ben Hur. No book save the Bible has ever been so widely read. Now, as a motion picture, Ben-Hur has inspired enthusiastic acclaim in every corner of the earth. In New York, in London, in Tokyo, and in Hollywood, the most honored motion picture in Academy Award history. Yes, the spectacle, the color, the excitement, the human drama of Ben-Hur has swept the world. Ben-Hur is many things to many people. It transports you to strange, faraway places, to scenes of pageantry and revelry. Ben-Hur stuns with the impact of its violence and thundering action. Yet, it can lift your spirit to the skies. But with all its spectacle and pageantry, Ben-Hur is a story of people their conflicts, their loves. The story of Judah Ben-Hur, the prince who became a slave and dared the evil might of the conqueror. I tell you, the day Rome falls, there will be a shout of freedom such as the world has never heard before. Proud Quintus Arius was a stern enemy. Why did you save me? Yet, when Ben-Hur saved his life, he became a staunch and grateful friend. There was the beautiful Esther, for whose love Ben-Hur defied an empire. There was Masala, the power mad, once Ben-Hur's boyhood friend. Now his deadliest enemy. Kill me and your mother and sister will die today. And there was the lusty Sheik Ilderun, ruler of a wild, exotic land. One way. Oh, one God that I can understand, but one wife that is not civilized. It is not generous. <laughs> all that you have read about Ben-Hur, all that you have heard about Ben-Hur, is surpassed by the actuality.
boy, do I love myself an overture. <laughs> was that the very beginning thing? Yeah. I think that was like 10 minutes long. Yeah. Terrible. It took me two minutes to realize what was going on. <laughs> I, I, that literally actually was my first note of this entire movie. I was like, cause I thought my screen was frozen for a second because like I could hear things, but like it was stuck on it for what felt like was way too long. And I was like, they, like, they kind of lie in this movie when they say it's three hours and 40 minutes. It's like three hours and 15 or 20 when you take out all the, don't give it credit. It's still too long. <laughs> no, but like the whole intermission, the overture and like things like that, uh, those were long. Uh, the, uh, I love a good intermission as well. Oh, as, what, what definitely team intermission, team the intermission, intermissions need to come back. Yeah. Imagine it for sure do theater. Okay. I could how, go pee. I could yes, go pee. How a, great would that be? Okay. Yes, it should but, absolutely come back. Anything over an hour and 45 minutes should have an intermission. I'm team intermission. No. Intermission for the win. No. What? Anything over 245. No. no. Hour 45. I said, so in my head, 215. Because like if it's like mm-hmm. just, if it's around two and it's like two hours, 10, two hours less, I'm like, fine. I don't need an intermission. Once it hits a little over two, give me an intermission. And I think if it goes over three, give me two intermissions. No, that's you crazy. two are obviously people that don't drink enough water. People who drink like I a had regular to pee amount of water so many times need to pee within an hour forty five minute period of time. And I want so intermission. What I do to to get my water intake in when I like before I go to bed, probably like an hour before I go to bed, so I don't have to get up in the middle of the night and pee. I just sit at my sink and I just chug water for as long as I can. <laughs> that's insane. That's wild. It's great. When I watch an hour and 45 minute movie at my house, I pee like three times. That's crazy. That's, that's a bad I, It's I, Intermissions for me aren't as much about the pee break as it is just a general mental break from the movie. For sure. It, it, a mental break, it, like that is like massive too. Yeah. Especially a three hour and 40, or, yeah, three hours and 40 long film, like at least one intermission. I needed three intermissions. The intermission, I was struggling with one. The intermission came so late. That's why I said two hours, 15. It should be a requirement to have an intermission. And if you go over three hours, maybe like three hours and 30 minutes or something like that. If you go over like that and you're close to four, you need two intermissions. I three. assumed it had an intermission. Um, and I looked it up while I was watching it. I was like, okay, when, when is the first, when is the intermission? And it, the Google machine said two hours and seven minutes is when the first intermission's at. Is that my rule? It, it was even per further. Hour long it is. I, I think that's what it was about. Right? I thought it was at like two and a half or two hour forty. I thought it was at like the one hour left mark. No, it was like two mm. hours and fifteen minutes. Anywho, yeah, it was way too long for the first intermission to kick in. I needed that way earlier. <laughs> An intermission every hour long the movie is. That's crazy. That's crazy. You want one intermission for movie, an hour long movie? Three intermissions. Do you want one hour- intermission for an hour movie? Hour and forty-five minute movie intermission. Hour and thirty minute movie intermission. Hour so anything movie, starting at an hour, anything over, yes. But for some reason, hours, three hours is three intermissions. <laughs> I need pee and n- n- mini nap. Breaks. You got you're you're an intermission whore. You <laughs> yeah you're you can't get no, greedy. You guys are movie whores. No, you're getting greedy yeah, with your intermissions. For sure. Don't get greedy, Sage. I'm a life whore. You guys are movie whores. <laughs> All right. I'm a, there's well, a lot. I need to do my basic necessity. Yeah, we need to get to this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your could, first impression. I could tell Sage he's an idiot all day long. Um, <laughs> this movie was awesome. I, I really liked it. I mean, obviously, very, very long. I had to break it into two sittings. Um, I didn't have to, but I did. And it 
didn't feel as long, I think, as it actually was. Maybe that's because I broke it apart. But I think it was, I mean, the whole movie was, it was a fu- fucking awesome story. Kept mm-hmm. my attention every single time I, like, was watching it. Um, and I really, really did like it. I don't know if I would cut much from it, even though it was really long. Uh, but, yeah, I, that was my first impression. It's, it was a great movie. Sage, what say you? Yeah, it was very good. I would pretty much agree to everything you said, whether it's in the like really good territory or just like very good or good is to be determined. The length is just too long. That's just my own personal beef. But I do agree with Tate that there was too much in the story that you couldn't really do less. There's even more. So it's based on a book by General Lou Wallace. Called the Bible? And there's a whole... (laughs) What? When you said based on a book, I was like, the Bible? Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. No, so so this is a fully made up story. This is this is a fictional yeah. Judah Ben Hur was not a real person. Um but so this General Lou Wallace, he was a general in which war? Guess. Civil War. <laughs> That's when they yes. had generals. Actually? Yes. yes. Cool. He was oh, a whoa. Union general in the Civil War. Dope. Isn't that crazy? Wild. As I was listening to some stuff about the movie beforehand and what they said was they think so he wasn't a Christian at the time, like before he wrote it, he had met with some big atheist guy at the time, like before he wrote it. And he left that conversation like, all right, I, that guy, I don't think I liked what that guy was saying. So he went and did a bunch of research and then his research led him to be like, oh, I'm going to write a story about this. Um, yeah, so that's kind of how the book came about. But in the book, I guess there's a whole bunch more. Like he actually like raises an army, and like I I think I I, I didn't hear if he actually like raises the army and goes to battle with Rome. I don't think he does. But he like there's a whole like rebellion subplot that they left out of this. So there was a lot so more the, that could have gone. The in. book is called Ben Hur. Yes, the book is called Ben Ho- Ben Ho- Ben Hor. <laughs> <laughs> it's called. <laughs> Is Carl is called Ben Hur, a tale of the Christ. Okay, is the full name of the book. Because I, you, I mean, this could be a very long story. Like, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I'm not surprised. That I think the book's like over more. 500 pages. Yeah, and there definitely could be an entirely separate plot of him still seeking his revenge um, mm-hmm. and being angry. But I think this movie did a really good job of closing that uh, chapter, also without including like a huge war. Yeah. Um, my first impressions, I lot not a surprise to anybody probably, but I love this thing. I think it's one of the greatest like American accomplishments of all time. Like the sets and the shots, and it was just phenomenal, like to look at. And yeah, I I absolutely loved it. I my main critique, which I it, it not it's not it's not even a really a critique, but. I put it on Letterboxd in my review that at times it kind of felt a little Forrest Gumpy in the life of Jesus instead of in the 60s and 70s. Elaborate on that. <laughs> so you know how like Forrest Gump, like that whole story is like him like being at like these big important parts in mm-hmm. like American oh, history. Yeah. And so that's kind of what this feels like. But it, it I don't even want to say it's done better because I think Forrest Gump is done really well. But that it just and of course, I know this book this movie came out way before Forrest Gump, but Forrest Gump is kind of, I'm using it as like an adjective for what everybody else knows. But so that just kind of felt a little weird to me at times, but I, I still really enjoyed it. 
I so I actually thought that we were gonna get more of Jesus in this mm, film, mm-hmm. um, and so like when I think it's I think it is the first scene is like the birth of Jesus. And yeah, then, yeah, um, it's it's like the prologue. Yeah, and then because um, there was one like synopsis that I read where uh, or which I started to read, which it said something about like with the help of Jesus Christ, he does these things, like does this thing, mm. um, and so I thought he was gonna have bigger piece in this movie instead of just like this Forrest Gump he shows up three times and it's just for the most Mm -hmm. like it's for a couple of like major things and you never see his face um Mm -hmm. I think they did that obviously for reasons um but I thought that he was gonna like I thought his like he he would have more like actual interactions with Jesus and like conversations maybe um but he never even talks to him it's just all he say she say about Jesus and um Mm -hmm. yeah but yeah I thought that that was a surprise yeah, for sure. I'm. Oh, I. So I did watch this all in one night. I. Mm. I did take us a, a break at the intermission to go. I'm. I've got this app. I'm gonna plug this app real quick. It's called the Hallow app. And this is not an ad. It's a Catholic prayer app, and they've got like stations of the cross things. So it's kind of a nice moment and kind of a surplus. That's not a word. Um, it went together really well because right now we're praying the stations of the cross on the app. And that's kind of what we saw in the second part. So that was kind of, it, it went together well. I, there's a word that means goes together, but I can't think of it. And it starts with an S. Sage can make a lot Cohesive. of food what? analogies. Cohesive. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Succinct. Superfluous. 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 Yeah. That's yeah. not the right word. Hey, Jacob, the word you're looking for is serendipitous. Quick editor's note. Yeah, I figured out that word like two hours after I watched the movie. But I figured it out. Serendipitous. That's what I was looking for. What does that mean? Superfluous is like... Ridiculous? Kind of exaggerating. Or uh, not an exaggeration. But... Oh, yep. No, you're right. That means, it means unnecessary. That's not what yeah. I'm looking for. <laughs> I don't know what... That's that's the word I was thinking of. I did not know the definition of that word, it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say that I pull it in either. <laughs> um, okay, so first question. Do you guys know what Anno Domini means? No. Nope. Does it Do mean unnecessary? Know... Also, no. Jesus Jewish. Yes. But like of faith? Um, or was he? did he just like exist and then people made like faiths based on his teachings? Mm, no, so I mean... Okay, this is some real theology here. If you want to answer that question, I want the simplest answer. Okay, with the fewest words. Possible. So, Jesus was when he was born, he was God, but he was also man. They're not separate. They're the same type of thing. So demi- he was raised uh, in a Jewish, not a demigod. <laughs> he was not a demigod. God, um, demigod. <laughs> that's that's. Roman and Greek mythology. Half yeah. man, half God. Demigods are kind of sick. But he's not half man, half God. He's full man, he's full, full God. man, full God. Even better. Yes. <laughs> um, but so he was raised Jewish and he was teaching things that sometimes seem, at, at the time, seemed very against the Jewish faith, even though it's just a almost a rein, not a reinterpretation, but it's just a different reading on things that they were teaching from the Torah, stuff like that is kind of the best way to explain that. So he was Jewish, 
but he was also God. So he didn't like he didn't have a religion. Is so the simple then, answer. Okay. Is anyone from Jerusalem Jewish? Like I feel like Jewish is also no. just like a race as much it's as it's ethnicity um, and a religion. Yeah. Say what? It's an ethnicity and a religion. Yes. And so no, it's not anybody from Jerusalem, but that's kind of where they originally ben, came from. Because Ben Hur was from Jerusalem, and was Jewish. He was ethnically and religiously Jewish. Yes. Okay. At that time, the non-religious Jews didn't really exist. Okay. I mean, there were probably people that fell from their Jewish faith and worshipped other gods, but there were probably not there at, at that time. There were not real like atheists, really. If that like atheism is relatively new within the last four or five hundred years thing, I think my my years on that that could be off, but I know at zero at zero AD one AD that was not really a thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so go back to AD, your question. So AD is Anno Domini, which means the year of our Lord. Huh. That's that's what Anno Domini means in Latin is year of the Lord, year of our Lord, and that's where AD comes from. Huh. Yeah. Um, I, again, a Forrest Gump moment is from the beginning of this. I, Mary and Joseph walk up and I'm like, Oh, Hey, look at that. It's Mary and Joseph. Look at that. It's Richard Nixon. Like, <laughs> so that, that's the kind of stuff where I was like, that's, it's, it's not goofy, but it's it just as kind of weird. Yeah. Um, the, the guy that played Balthazar was also the narrator at the beginning. Great narrator voice. The, Oh, uh, the old man at the end too. Yep, that guy, and, he, and yeah. he was also the he wise man at the the beginning. wise man. Yeah, okay. Yep, he was somebody um, that I didn't recognize at the end of the movie. I was like, "Where was he from?" Or I was like, "He's acting like he was in this story earlier," but I do not know where he came in. And then, like, I think at the very end, he was talking about like he was there at the birth of it, and I was like, "Ah, yep, gotcha." But yeah, I every yep. time I saw his face and had a conversation, I was like, "He's important for some reason," but I can't. I don't know why. And so that's another thing. Like the only time, like there's some information out there about the wise men and like, there's theories about them, but like no, like real, um, full thing. So we, we, we don't really know anything about the wise men after the stories in the Bible, um, of Jesus's birth. So again, that's another thing that was made up that was brought into it to kind of help carry the pull story. in some points. I, I really, I really liked it. I thought it was a great storytelling element. Um, yeah. so we jumped to, I know Domini 26, um, and Judah Ben-Hur is an adult now. Um, he's, he's a prince of the land, which was a little confusing to me because I, I, I'm not a biblical scholar. I don't know. I'm not a s historical scholar either. So I don't really know. There was not a king of Jerusalem. There was not a king of the Jews, like at that time, like they, they weren't ruled by a king. So how could be, uh, he be a prince well, is kind of what you're saying? Yeah. So I don't really understand what that meant. I think it more so just meant like he was a member of a high class member family. of a high order. Yeah. Mr. Ben Something like that. Yeah. Like he was just, his family was rich and he grew up and he inherited their wealth and their estate and whatnot. Yeah. I didn't really fully understand his, I just kind of took it at the face value where I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> He's important yeah. for some reason. Yeah. And um, yeah. And then like you meet this, his Roman friend, yeah, Masala. And it's a... Uh, what a fucking douche. Yeah, <laughs> big time. He's, it, 
they they grew up together we found out uh after the first few minutes of like this after the prologue of he they were like really good friends family friends like he was almost like a brother to him and he goes off and trains in the roman academy roman academy and is like fully like changed and is like nope i am going to bring law and order to this place i'm going to be ruler of this place and the jews will bow down to rome well and wasn't it like i mean and, and that's where at the very beginning of the movie i kind of i didn't fully dislike him yet because he just, i just kind of mm-hmm. took him as he's being sent mm-hmm. to do his job he's not a terrible guy um he's just following the law and order mm-hmm. of the roman empire and um yeah he's he's a friend of this guy oh this is going to be like a cool little friendship that they have even though i i mean i kind of knew at some point he was going to get because mm-hmm. in the uh and it was in the uh, bio of it, but mm-hmm. I was like curious to see how that was going to play out because I was like, oh, they're very good friends. Um, I wonder how he backstabs him. Uh, mm-hmm. But at, at at the beginning, I didn't dislike him yet. I was like, oh, I kind of yeah. like this guy. He seems like a nice, good, they're decent man, <laughs> mm-hmm. a good Roman man, a Roman <laughs> man, <laughs> Roman man. and like Roman man. There is like even before we meet Judah Ben Hur, we get we get some stuff with just Masala and yeah. some of the other Roman officers when he's first introduced. And I liked a lot of that stuff too, where like the, one of the Roman um, officers um, was talking about, there's this new, there's this preacher, one John the Baptist reference. I'm a big John the Baptist guy. He was Jesus's cousin. Um, he, he didn't make an appearance, but he was referenced and he uh, baptized a bunch of people before Jesus. And it was uh, kind of meant to pave the way for Jesus. And he was just a, he was crazy. <laughs> he was awesome. I, I dig John the Baptist guy. But um, then they make a reference. Though there's also a preacher guy and like people are calling him a messiah. And like, I don't know what that's all about. And then one of the officers was like, I don't know. He's making some like pretty good points. Like it, it's some really interesting philosophy that he's spitting out. Um, he obviously did not say it like that. But <laughs> they were like, he's spitting <laughs> um, straight flames, baby. I, I like that because after Jesus' death and resurrection and stuff, it the apostles then took the religion to the Gentiles, which is the non-Jewish people, and spread through the Roman Empire and whatnot. Um, they didn't and, say he's straight spitting fire, yo. <laughs> no. His bars are hashtag lit. <laughs> no cap. Cap. <laughs> wow, a Gen Z version of this movie would be funny. <laughs> good god uh, but so then we, we get another very interesting um, moment at, so they're in the argument because Masala wants Judah to um, snitch on his oh, fellow yeah. yeah, like people that aren't going along with the Roman rule well he just wants to he wants his friend to enforce the word for him because that would be the easiest way for them to accept it. Yes, and he, he also wanted names from Judah on who's on. Yes, causing that's, trouble. Yeah, that's the part. And Judah was just like, "Yeah, I'll I'll tell them not to choose violence, but I'm not going to rat out the people that are mm-hmm. uh, disagreeing with you because that's just like I'm signing their death wish." Um, he's like, "Which I'm not going to do that." And that kind of crossed the line for Judah, which I liked. Um, I thought Judah was going to be a little bit of a pushover, and. Um, I thought it just turns out he had really good morals, I think. But uh, yeah, I liked that when he started to get a little too aggressive about that, Mr. Mufasa man, um, then Judah was like, (laughs) that's all I heard the entire movie. Whenever they said Masala, I was like Mufasa. Um, But 
yeah, I like how Judah kind of stood his ground on that one. He was just like, no. He was like, I'll tell them that they shouldn't rebel against mm-hmm. you and that that'll only lead to bloodshed. But um, I'm not going to, to like rat out my mm-hmm. homies. And uh, Masala even drops a, if you're not with me, you're against me. Yeah. Line. He was like, Anakin said that. You know who else said that? Jesus. I, you wouldn't think Masala, Anakin, and Jesus all said the same quote. That's kind of crazy. <laughs> he that is not with me is against me. He And he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. You s- <clears throat> huh? Are you telling me Anakin said that? No, that was Jesus. Anakin said, <laughs> if you're not with me, then you're against me. To Obi-Wan. Yeah. Here if you you're say, my brother, Obi-Wan. Anakin. I loved you. I hate you. That's giving me back visuals of that movie. <laughs> Tell me Anakin's Jesus. No. You know who I thought was Jesus in this movie for a second was Jared Leto. I don't know. Sorry, I'm jumping ahead. I'm jumping ahead to when we first see no, the back fine. of Jesus. Because that's the, that's the next note I had. So you have to kind of carry me through. Okay. I, I'm, I'm re-remembering. Um, let's see. Because I saw this part, or the part one, like the other night. Um... So I think shortly after that, though, is when he's he kind of yeah, like, tries no, to get him to rat out is when they're, they come marching in. They're, they're marching in with the governor <laughs> yeah. of the place that's not Pontius Pilate yet. Um, and the ceiling, the, the, the tile, yeah. roof tile falls out and yeah. hits the governor like in the head. Yeah. Really bad timing. No, no. It hits the it hits the ground next to the horse. And I think the horse hits him. Oh, the wall. yes. Which was much yep, more yep, reasonable because right. they were obviously yes. foreshadowing when she knocked one off, and then when that happened, I was like, "Oh shit, they fucked up!" Like that wasn't supposed to happen. Their sets falling apart. <laughs> oh wow, I totally thought that that I was like, "That's when I kind of knew when that started to fall." Yeah, I was like, oh, "Okay, this is what's going to happen." Um, oh, that, that's the right read on it for sure. I just was not thinking that. I was like, "Uh oh, that was a mistake." <laughs> but it'd be funny if they were shooting like that and then they saw that happen and they're like, "Fuck, keep going, keep going, keep rolling." Yeah. No, if they had to call an audible, they're like, "Fuck, the set design change." Okay, run with it. Go. What if? Go with it. What if that actually happened on set? Like, and they're just like, "Fuck, actually, that was kind of good." <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> like that's better what we yeah, had. So then he. he uh, Masala goes up to the roof after they're arrested and he's like, Oh, nope, that was that was true. That, it was it was an accident. Well, like, he has was... his first real like true douchey moment. Cause like trying to get his buddy to rat out the other people, it's like, sure, that's a strategy you have. Mm-hmm. But like this was the first time that he actually showed how uh fucking terrible he was. And that was when he was like, It was truly an accident. Um, and then he's like, I don't care, go. And then when he was like, okay, well then take me, but don't take my family. And then he says, like, take the whole family. I was like, damn, that was dark, mm-hmm. Mufasa. Mm-hmm. Masala. <laughs> yeah. Um, more emphasis, just those those set pieces were just insane. Yeah. And throughout the entire movie, like, yeah. we'll get into some of that other stuff with the chariot race and stuff, but. Oh, my God. But just yeah. the town, them marching through the town was just mind-blowing. I can't um, imagine movies that like other movies that came out in the similar time even stood up to this like i can't even picture like i I know we've seen a few movies from like the 30s 40s and 50s but and like i i don't fully remember but this one was so fucking beautiful and it it holds up like it it still looks really good today like there's maybe a couple things where you're like okay well there's that but there's really bad cgi now too like and that was before cgi so like it yeah 
the set design was insane for this movie. Like there was, mm-hmm. there were a lot of sets where they really had to construct the whole setting. Um, they couldn't get around it with green screens or screens of any sort or any fake. Like it, it, it was. It seemed. I'm. You correct me if I'm wrong, but it seemed very close to 100% authentic as far as the setting. Yeah, went. I mean, like I, I think there was. They probably used a lot of matte paintings. I think I've talked about that before. Where they like it's like painted glass is kind of the idea behind it, and like they shoot it in a way to make it look like it's the massive big. Um, so there was like some of that with probably the um, like the ship and the the ship battle scenes and like the water and some of that stuff and like some of the close up shots of the characters um, mm. were definitely matte paintings. But they matte paintings look awesome. They, they're as like close to real as you can get. Like they're way they're way more real looking than green screen most of the time. Well, the few like settings that really struck a chord, obviously the circuit. The other was Ben Hur's house, and um, the last one was, I think, Jerusalem. Um, those three were like the ones that really made mm-hmm. you think and how big the set, mm-hmm. the set design was for the movie. Yeah, for sure. Um... Yeah, so then we get to they're they're walking through the desert and they do a really good job of that too of making it like you can be like oh yeah this looks awful like people are just dropping off left and right and just rolling getting kicked down the sand left to die like just brutal stuff um, and they they come to the the well and all the soldiers are drinking first and they say no not Judah you don't get to drink and Jesus comes up and he kind of lifts him up and. Gives him some water. What'd you guys think about our first non-birth of Christ? First scene? Jesus sighting. Mm-hmm. I initial note was Jared Leto. I was like, oh my god. Um, <laughs> but no, I I, I liked it because and he references a lot in the movie about how that was the moment where he was ready to give up, um, and that's the moment that Jesus, yeah, basically gave him hope. Um, mm-hmm. The part of the scene that I thought was weird was when and like. I mean, obviously they're like giving a nod to just how impactful Jesus was. But when the whatever general guy, the The Roman guard, yeah. Yeah, like came up with the whip and he's like, don't give him water. And he was going to go like whip him and get the water out of it. And then he kind of like looked at, and Jesus like just turned and like looked at him. And he just like looked at him and like kind of like stopped in his tracks and just like Mm -hmm. gazed at him and then like put his whip down and then like walked away. I was like, Oh my God! Is, is Jesus some sort of like? Does he have the force too? <laughs> like mm-hmm. what? Like that's the like. And there's a couple of scenes like that where I was like, I know th- what point they're making, mm-hmm. but I thought that that was kind of strange, uh, like a strange. I actually have do that it. down as a note that I loved. I mm. was a big fan of that. I thought um, it was interesting. I don't know if I loved it. Yeah, hated, uh, but well, so like, I, I think it's this movie. Like, there's a couple of things like that where I think it's it's kind of telling a couple or pointing towards a couple of different things. One Roman empire, not great guys, but there's some individuals in the Roman empire that like do have like compassion and like, you can see why they were so successful and like one of the greatest civilizations of all time, like that type of thing. And so I think one, it was, it was kind of pointing to that and not necessarily like the, the whipping part wasn't pointing to that, but what the whipping part was in my opinion, kind of pointing towards was this, how Rome would eventually become like holy catholic type of deal holy christian um is is one of the reads i got on that um but even before the whipping stuff um 
I, I know in the overture and like the beginning thing, did you guys notice the painting that was in the background? So it's an overture and there was a background. Oh, behind no, I it. Oh, the Sistine Chapel. Yes. Yeah. The Michelangelo's Michael creation yeah. um, painting. And so there's that. And then when Jesus kind of lifts him up out of like, he, he reaches out and like kind of touches him on the hand. And like when he does that, he, it like you get the way Charlton Heston plays it is like, he's like super like deflated. And when he, when Jesus touches him, he kind of like becomes more like inflated and is like, kind of like rises up and so to me that was very much like god creating adam out of the dirt out of the clay um type of allegory if you will um so i like that a lot but do you think with the guard it was just like the the presence of god was felt yes. by that yes. guard even though yes. he didn't like know who jesus was yes yeah, because that's cause that's kind of where I was like, I mean, I obviously understand where definitely people people yeah. like follow him because of his what because of what he's saying. Um, it yeah, but like it, it was, it, it was, it's not just what he's saying. He's it's also about he he's he he does a lot of miracles, like thousands yeah. of miracles. But that and well, like if you saw a miracle, if you heard what he said, then I'd understand mm-hmm. why you'd um, sure. like follow him and believe him and things like that. But for the guard to just like look at him and like be stunned and turn away. I was just like, Oh, that I, I think what they're trying to get is that he just also has this like aura of, mm-hmm. uh, or of yeah, peace and of just some higher power that you mm-hmm. can't touch or yeah, you don't feel good. Like you, you yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. something's holding you back from even, um, yep. stopping it. I don't know. That's, but yeah, that was the, and that's where I thought that we were going to get a little bit of Jesus. Like in that scene, because mm-hmm. once it started, and you and you knew exactly who touched his hand, and you knew exactly who was giving him water, but then when like you just see the back of the head, and he doesn't say anything, I was like, ah, it's gonna be this kind of thing where they just don't yep. ever actually give you what you want, like some like those like alien movies so too, far where it's like that when jumping to the end when he's being like uh, the shadow found found guilty of the shadow yeah. over his face, which I was, I was like, like okay, where's that, that shadow crazy. coming from? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they I went to like, they went to great. That lengths. was like the only bad effect. Yeah, they went to great lengths to not show his face and not have yeah, him it, like talk. For sure, that certainly made in a time where there was much more reverence for that sort. But of I, thing. I, it's, it's. I mean, and it makes me think of like the movies that we uh, we're talking about with like aliens, where it's like the presence mm-hmm. of and the thought of aliens without actually showing them was enough to do it. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes you don't have to like show. I think what movie were we watching? Contact? Yeah, Contact. So, like, they did such a good job of not ever really mm-hmm. showing it. And then when they did show it kind of... In, or, no, they, they didn't. It was just another human that they were talking to. Mm-hmm. Like, that was a great way to do it because they already got the point across. They didn't need to actually show their interpretation of an alien to do that. Um, mm-hmm. I can't believe I'm making a comparison of Jesus to an alien right now. But, yeah, that's kind of what it reminded me of. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's a... I think you're not calling Jesus an alien from outer space, but that that's uh, the, the way they tell this story. That's a very apt comparison for sure. Yeah. The way they shot it and the storytelling devices and the, the way they shoot it and all of that type of stuff is a very apt comparison. No doubt. Yeah. So then we, he, the next time we kind of see him is he is a rower on their ships. Yeah. Then we, then we stay on Ben Hur's story for quite a while, right? Like we don't even see yeah, the Roman emperor much. for a while. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, or not Roman Emperor, the Roman guy, Masala. Yeah, I think he was like the sheriff. Sure, yeah. 
<laughs> is kind of what it seemed like. Cause like the, when he, when Judah gets back and he's like, you need to like release them. He's like, I don't have that power. That's Pontius Pilate that has to do that. And so like, I, I, I think Sheriff is probably an apt thing. Like he's head of really, the law enforcement. They didn't really care when he died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like we'll just get another one. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe Sheriff. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So the other thing that I kind of found out before, um, hopping on to record this is the life expectancy for people as like the rowers underneath those ships. There's a specific name for them that they called them in the movie that I can't remember was one year. Like after a year, like all of them died. And so they just kept replacing them. I would have templed out of that for like a, after a day that looked fucking terrible. It looked so bad. (laughs) And he's, he was doing it for three years. God, that was that's crazy. Those are it's mean, some serious shit. Yeah. Oh man, he must have been in such good shape. <laughs> there was like, oh, a, and that was funny. It's like in that scene, there's a couple of like jacked dudes, and then there's a couple mm-hmm. of just scrawny, skinny dudes. And I was mm-hmm. like, there's no way they last. I was like, no, oh no, they're no, there for four not. days um, and then they're done. And what I liked so much about that, like Charlton Hessen was absolutely yoked out of his mind. But he was 1959 yoked out of his mind. Like he wasn't on like he wasn't like Chris Hemsworth or Chris Evans where his biceps are as big as his face. Yeah. But like he could just tell that like he was like in the peak shape if you're not a bodybuilder. I feel like that's a lot of these like Roman movies too. Like mm -hmm. um, or like movies that talk about like I mean Brad Pitt isn't even like fully jacked in uh, Mm -hmm. whatever movie. Troy. Troy. Or Russell Crowe and Gladiator. Yeah, Gladiator too. Or yeah. even the other old guy in Spartacus. Yeah, they're all just very, very yeah. fit um, individuals. Kirk Douglas. Kirk Douglas, yep. Yeah, I thought about that too because I was like, wow, they're all very fit, but they're not like you're Dwayne the Rock Johnson. They're they're naturally big. Like they're they're naturally built. Yeah. Is what it, it like farm tough, farm big. Like Yeah. The, that's the scary they're, big. They're big in the way that they're not lifting weights. They're big because they're rowing for three Because they're years lifting straight. hay bales. Right. They're lifting hay bales and they're working in the And they're rowing in the field and boats like, for three yeah. years. Yeah, that whole, yeah, the so then, whole rowing scene, though, I thought was awesome. Like, mm-hmm. it was one that I kind of didn't want. Like, I wanted to keep going because I just, like, it, it did such a good job of just building up in so much intensity and anxiety because, like, the fucking douche guy comes down and is just makes them work even harder. And the entire time, Quint all you just area. hear is just the doom, 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 doom. And it's just, I don't know, anticipation in that. Battle speed, ramming time. speed. Yeah. <laughs> and then he went above ramming speed, which I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I have no idea, but it and was the drummer, crazy. The well, was, was it like battle speed, attack speed, ramming oh, speed or yes, something? Maybe yeah. that's what I think ramming yeah. speed was the final. Yep. And people are, there's guys just keeling over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And well, and didn't yeah. they, when he said that, didn't they not even encounter the enemies yet? No, that was, that was just a test. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Was that was moment. him testing him out and seeing how, how tough it was. was. I, I saw it more as it was a test on like the actual other Romans that were there on how well they've trained their slaves. Oh, I, I kind of also saw it as a personal attack on Ben Hur. Oh, uh, yeah. for sure. The, both. A personal yeah, challenge. It was, like the reason he was down there was he was 
there to assess how the slaves were progressing and if the ship was the ship's crew was in tip top shape. And he took and then it became super too. personal because he's like, yeah. this dude, like he is not afraid of me and he is angry <laughs> yeah. and he's smart because he's not attacking me. Yeah. And that freaks me out. Yeah. He's like, this guy <laughs> is fucking tough. Yeah. And then when he's asleep and he walks in, I, I, I was legitimately nervous. I'm like, oh my God, is he going to like kill this guy? And then like, have to like, what is he going to do after that? Like, how is this going to play out? There's so many times where he did the thing that I didn't think he was going to do. And mm-hmm. that was cool. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I liked how, so when they start to actually get into battle, um, also fucking terrible timing on when they're shooting those uh, whatever it's like the, the, oh, like catapult. the flaming, yeah, the yeah. you the flaming thing of catapult, yeah. Uh, there's like when their bo- boats are coming together. There's so many that were just landing in the water, like halfway between <laughs> yeah. them. I was like, "Fucking just not- wait for a minute and then shoot them all, idiots." Anywho, um, when they were in the middle of the battle and they get rammed by the other boat, and it was the most fucked up thing that they were chaining them all together. That mm-hmm. I never would have even thought of that as like a terrible thing to do to somebody in that position already. And that's just signing. That's just like killing them before they're dead. Like and chaining like, all the ones that are locked below. Yeah. Like locking yeah. the door. It's so yeah. fucked. It's, it's so, Oh, totally. And like, dude, it, the Romans were fucked. Dude. Like, Oh my for God. For sure. They were so fucked up. Like there's yeah. a lot that you could do, but like tying just, putting a chain through each of their ankles just to make sure they're chained together. So it's kind of like the, yeah, you guys aren't like being held to this boat. You're being held to each other, but you're basically like, like, I don't know, just something about the mental side of that. They're also, you're not chained to the boat. You're all fucked. Yeah. (laughs) They're chained to the boat as well as each other. Um, Quintus areas also had a great line in there. Um, Row well and live. What a like menacing line. God. Like if you don't do your job, you are going to die because we will lose the battle. Dude, I would not have lasted. No. <laughs> Dude, put me on that no. boat. I would have lasted one day. Zero people 90, in 2023 yeah. in America would not last. Dude, 90 to 95% of people today would not last. No. Yeah. Insane. Um, yeah. So he does not lock Judah up. Why do you guys think that is? So, Part I was confused about this. So he said, he asked me, he's like, why did you not lock me up in this? And I kind of took him not getting locked up as another miracle, not an intentional thing that was like told to that person by the guy. Like, I didn't think that oh, it was an intentional. I think it was, he was, I think it was very intentional. You think it was? Cause he didn't answer the question when he said, why did you not lock me up? Why did you not lock my ankle up with everybody else? He didn't answer that. Like he just kind of sits there and like stares at him. And that was my response of they didn't lock you up. <laughs> and like him just saying that as holy shit, you got lucky. No, because he, he tells the guy, make sure Judah Ben or make sure 41 is not, is unlocked, is not locked to the. Oh, he thing. said that. Yeah. Before he goes and mm. locks everybody up. Yeah. I think they're one in the same. I think you could say, oh yeah, I guess one in the same, but apologies yeah. for the, yeah, I think, the miracle was him wanting to save Ben. Make sure he was unlocked. Yeah. Yeah. Or not save him. And it was in the option to possibly. It was, inex- it was inexplicable to him too. He's like, I don't know why I did it. Cause if I remember right, he, when he did ask me, he couldn't answer the question. So 
And he asked them when they were like floating on the piece of wood in the ocean, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's when so he was I, like locked up. He had him like also locked up. He's like, "Why did you not chain me?" Yeah, I read that. I, I read him not responding as he was just kind of in shock and was like confused as to why he saved him. And I, I, I think the to me the reason he didn't lock him up was because he took a liking to him. Yeah, and, and if the ship was going to go down. He wanted him to live because one, he liked him. And two, I think he, it was also, I almost think it was a play because he was also trying to convince him to like, Hey, come be a gladiator, come race chariots type of deal. And like, don't be a slave down here, be a slave in the gladiator, gladiator arena type of deal. Um, I, I liked how Sage said it too, though, of just, which is kind of what we're all, I think saying now, which is yeah, like, for sure. He, he did deliberately choose to save him or at least not chain him. But he doesn't know why he he doesn't for sure know why he did. He just felt it. Yep. Cool. Um, okay, that answers that. So yeah, then we get back to Rome and um, we we meet Emperor Ti- or Tiberius Caesar, Emperor Tiberius Caesar. Um, super weak looking dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember <laughs> like just, picturing him. He was just super old and like not intimidating. And like Tiberius, I think, was supposed to be like a pretty strong emperor. <laughs> well, that's funny. Maybe maybe that's one of those things because at the very end, too, at the chariot race, he mentions he's like, We're doing this all for in the name of Tiberius. And maybe it's mm-hmm. also one of those things where the vision of ever like that everybody had of him was strong and for sure. Well, and like it's, at some point it's crazy. Was. I think I had this in my notes earlier, but it, it's just, it's hard to wrap the mind around of the Romans thought the their emperor was God, that he was a God. And that like, that's just, it, it's not, it's actually not too different from like the Kings and Queens of England and like all of the other Kings and Queens throughout history. They, it's not that they were gods, but it was that they were chosen by God. And like their family was, and that's why they're king, queen, whatever. Yeah, um, I mean that's probably how some people even look at celebrities too today. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, so th- that was interesting. We uh, he eventually wins a bunch of chariot races. We don't see those chariot races because we're saving that for the big, big scene in this. Yeah. Um, but Quintus Arius adopts him as his son, which. Roman Empire, super duper bad, but they could also adopt their slaves as their and bring them into their family. So like super duper like cruel and bad, super like product of the time isn't the right phrasing for it. But like there was also like really important and good and aspects of their culture that continue to like this society and like they set up a lot of that framework. Well, and I think so one thing that they said at the very end that the I don't know his name the guy that was the main speaker at the chariot race with the weird facial hair Pontius Pilate yeah okay um he had a really good quote at the very end when Ben-Hur was challenging him about the Roman Empire and like everything that it was and that stood for um and he basically said he was just like anything that's this great um anything that does this much great things in these ways also comes with great errors. Uh, yeah. And so that's like, I mean, I don't know, that kind of goes with like what you're saying. I feel like if, yeah, like there's 
they're terrible in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And but the reason why they lasted for so long is because they're great in a lot of ways. And like they mm-hmm. they had just enough good mixed with their bad that kept them running for so long. But yeah, because like they yeah uh, yeah. <laughs> Anywho, we can continue. But yeah, no, that I think that's that's a great point that that ties in perfectly. I liked that, that quote thing. at the very. I was going to bring that up at the very end, but yeah, I loved that whole interaction. Yeah. Um, but so then, it's, is that when it's um, played kind of fun? Is that when he's starting to, or when he? What, so then, is it? Are you? Are you, Do we skip where he kind of coaches the chariot guy on like the horses? And um, no, we're not there yet because that's okay. when he returns to like Judea and like the desert. Yeah. Um, okay. But so it's 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 played kind of funny because he's like, "You're now my son," and then like. One or two scenes later, he's like, "All right, I'm going back to Judea now that I'm free." Yeah, <laughs> he was and like, he's like, "Ah, oh, all right. Well, I was really wishing you'd stay here and like <laughs> be my son and like inherit my wealth and my power and everything." But okay, I I, I see it in your eyes. There's no stopping you. Owner gave Dobby a sock. <laughs> Dobby's but this free. Is like, this this is Harry giving Dobby a sock and Dobby being like, "All right, well, I'm gonna go help all my elves, and I'm not really worried about you guys anymore." Yeah, uh, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, peace. I'm not getting a dagger to the heart. Fuck off with love. <laughs> yeah. So then we so then he goes and he meets the he meets the sheik. Yeah. Tough, tough brown face, tough product of the time, really tough. Yeah, not a good thing. Wouldn't be done now. Um, <laughs> tough look, but and it, it is what like it is. It got worse throughout the movie. It did. <laughs> like at the very when you first meet him, I was like, "Huh," and the more you see him later, you're like, "Oh boy, it was tough." Yeah, I mean that's that's just how they did it back then, and it's just yeah. It, and I, I will say it's it's not, what is the blackface theater called? Um, I don't know. I'm not a racist. <laughs> Minstrel show. Minstrel show. That's what it was. It, it, this wasn't like to the point of Minstrel show where they're like character characterizing it and like playing it in like a bad light. It was just a white guy playing a brown dude. Wouldn't happen now. Um, unfortunate that it happened back then, but it did. And there's we can we do not have a time machine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like the character, though. The, yeah. the character was laugh out loud funny. He was great. I liked it when kind of like men played women in Shakespeare plays. Yeah, for sure. Except it's racist. <laughs> Instead of sexist, yeah. <laughs> and I I will push back against the racist. They were not doing it in for this movie. For this movie, the guy was not like, I'm going to be an Arab and I own a gas station. Like, it wasn't like <laughs> Simpsons stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's what the Simpsons did. That's what Family Guy did. That's not what this was. This wasn't like a satire comedy type of thing where like you're like, ah, that may me may not be the greatest thing in the world. Let's just stop doing that. <laughs> Thank you. Come again. Thank you. Come <laughs> yeah. again. I love opera. Um uh, yeah, this, but this, I, I the I, Sheik I, loved his horses. Oh man. <laughs> he loved his horses so much. But I, I liked how quickly he fell in love also with Ben Hur, where he was just like, mm-hmm. he's like, wow, you have a keen eye for the horses. And he was just yeah. like, how do you have such a keen eye? He's like, I've been doing this. And he's like, oh my God, I found my racer. <laughs> you can race against Masala. Yeah. And Judah's like, Masala, uh, I know that name. 
Well, and it was funny. Well, there's a funny scene in there, though, like when the guy was doing it wrong and like when he was like, stop the horses and the guy like didn't stop him. And the other guy yeah. chased him down and just hopped on the thing and threw him or kicked him <laughs> yeah. off. So funny. Um, that's that's when we get Balthazar back, um, the wise men. Yeah. Well, and so then, um, so this is everything that we were just talking about. And then the intermission. Because my first, yes. my next note after Jared Leto is after the intermission. Um, and it was that I kind of, so that that's when like after the intermission, I think is when we come back to um, Masala. Oh, yes. Um, let's, we, dang, I could have sworn I wrote down. We find Masala just being a douche in his little penthouse. Um, oh, wait, no, we're not there yet. We're not to the intermission yet. We're not still? Oh, my God. No, we're st- we are not. Um, Balthazar did have a very good quote um, before the intermission. He said, there are many paths to God, my son. I hope yours will not be too difficult. When Judah was like, I'm not going to race for you. I have to, like, kill this guy with my own hands type of deal. Mm-hmm. Before he left the tent. Um, then he, so when he returned to Judea, it was around 30 AD. Um and like when he returned to Jerusalem, he walked into the house and the the Esther was there and her dad didn't have use of his legs anymore. They brought a dude from the prison that didn't have a tongue anymore. Um, we get the whole reveal. He he confronts Masala still before the um, yeah before the intermission, intermission yeah. too. And that's um, when so that so that's when he confronts him. And that's where my note comes in of um, I a is a dope reentrance. Um, mm-hmm. But then I made the note that he gets like, this dagger. Yeah, gets him a dagger, which was still kind of weird. Um, that dagger never came back into play. But mm-hmm. um, it's definitely a <laughs> yeah, just a big dick move. Um, but I made the note where I was just like, when he basically says he's just like, "Where's my family?" and the guy's like, "I don't know," being all like fucking douchey <laughs> and coy. Um, then he was just like, "All right, well, a you can find my family, and if they're alive." we're all good because I don't care about you anymore. He's like, but B, if they're dead, I'm going to kill you. So figure out where they're at. And I was just like, at that mm-hmm. moment, I was like, ooh, this movie's getting spicy. This is getting good. Or it's, it, I mean, you knew it was coming all to this point um, mm-hmm. of tension. But when that moment happened, I was just like, and they were going to look for the, the family and like the prison cells. I was like, A, I kind of want the family to be alive because I want him to be happy. He's our protagonist. I want him to... I don't know. I'm rooting for him. And then mm-hmm. I was like, but B, if they are dead, I'd be, I also kind of wanted to see him just snap and go <laughs> off. Like I, I kind of was like, I mean, I don't want him to be dead, but I kind of want to see how he'd react if they were. So I was in a tough spot. And then the way that it played out, you found a great middle ground. <laughs> it was the toughest middle ground ever. I think it's the worst case scenario that I did not think of is what actually happened. to mm-hmm. them. And that was so Dude, fucked up. Being with- a leper back then was like, it was a, fa- it really was a fate worse than death. Yeah. And that's what's so fucked up. About it. Like I made the note. I was just like, I didn't see this coming. Like I, I made that note. And then two minutes later, I was like, oh fuck. I was like, this is worse than I thought. <laughs> I was like, they're basically alive, but dead. And he even had a line mm-hmm. at one point. He's just like, you're, you're breathing in your grave or you're alive in your grave. Mm-hmm. Um, so fucked up. Oh, that was that like that's where this movie started to like get into my uh touch and feels mm-hmm. more. I was like, I can't even yeah, imagine. For sure. And like the scene with Esther, because I think that is that before the intermission too? I think it is. When Esther sees them outside of their place and 
she's like, oh, I'm like, I have to tell him. And they're like, no, you cannot tell him. Yeah. Whatever you do. I, I can't remember if that was before or after the intermission. But um, I before we move on from the intermission, I also love the word. Um, shoot, where to go? Um, entracte. Because it said oh, intermission. Yeah. Intracte. And then it changed to entracte, meaning like the entrance, like the intermission is over. Everybody get back to your seats. Like that's just so like. See, that's awesome. It's just so funny how they treated these long movies like they were plays. And like when you hear the music playing in a when you're at a play, you're like, oh, it's time to go back. Yeah. But yeah, that I mean I I thought that it was so fu- before the animation, I guess. I thought it was so fucked up that they were alive, but um lepers and were shunned basically to this life of shame and uh, yeah, I mean, it was so fu- I mean, it was really fucked up to like watch them and you can understand it from everyone's perspective now in this mm-hmm. entire circle. We can understand it from their perspective of, I don't want him to see us like this because I want, I would rather him remember us as we were, not as we are, which I get. I'm like, yeah, that sucks that you feel that way. And then it'd be like to the Esther, it's just like, yeah, I get that you don't want to tell him that they're alive because he will do nothing but go find them, um, which is the last thing that they want. And then you, but you also get it from his perspective of you're pissed and you want to know where they're at, regardless of whether, like what, whether Mm -hmm. they have leprosy or not. And like, and he's just so, I don't know, just everything about that got so drama. Um, But yes, so so dramatic, but it was so well done. Oh, that's where this, this movie got really good in this last hour. It did. Yeah. So then we also, So, so he thinks that they're dead. She lies to him. Yes, he thinks they're dead, and so he he eventually, I, I can't remember how, which uh, he he's like, all right, Sheik, I will race your horses. Uh, I think he just said, yes, he wants to defeat Masala. Yeah, I, I do too. I don't, I mean, I just watched it, and I don't think there was anything yeah. really to it. I, I don't think they like gave a reason as to why. No, they didn't have a bridge, but they kind okay. of foreshadowed it with... Uh, with the betting scene, the sheik said no. Oh. In, earlier in the movie, when the sheik said, "Remember, there are no laws in the circuit." Mm. Yeah, that's right. And I think that was like a mm. foreshadowing of you can take your revenge if you race for me. Yeah, which was kind of what I because I don't remember them bridging it to the the circuit scenes. No laws in the circuit is wild. <laughs> circus. They they were calling it a circus, not oh. a circuit. I thought they were calling it a circuit. Circuit, C I R C U S, C I R C U I T S. Nope. <laughs> I promise you, I had the subtitles on when when I first read Circus. I said that's crazy. They said circuits, and then I they said it again, and I was like, they said circus, and I rewound it a couple of times. So I was like, they keep saying circus. Huh. I didn't have subtitles so they, on, they, so yeah. Um, I'm gonna Google it. I mean, it is kind of a circus, anyways. So. Yeah, no, Roman Circus is... The Roman Circus was a large open-air venue used for public events in the ancient Roman Empire. So is it the name for the stadium, like the Colosseum, or is it it's, it's the name it's of the, the stadium? It, it's, it's, it's the name of the... It's the... It was their name for a stadium. They didn't have... Yeah. yeah. It was the name of the arena. So it was a chariot race in the circus. Yes, but it, it wasn't... It was the name of the... It was... The type of the arena that they well, and it's the environment that 
It's, it's the first the one I just read. The first one was made by Circus Maximus, and so they Circus just Maximus. It the circus. What a fucking name! Yeah, sounds like a hoot. that is interesting. <laughs> that is very yeah. It, I was like, huh, circus. That, there's there's no elephants or tigers jumping through hoops. Hmm. <laughs> it was wild though. It was very wild. Um, Which I think we, yeah, we let, pretty much just get to that. Yeah, like, let, let's like, just talk about this chariot race. Because holy so fifteen thousand awesome. extras used for this scene. No, way. that was the first thing Mummo said was, "Holy cow! How did how many people did they need for this scene?" And this was the one that really shook me for how balls to the walls they went with setting. Because there is no faking on this one. Like they went all out. Yeah, this, this made Star Wars Episode One look silly. This oh for sure. This Star Wars is, episode one, the, the crowd, they were just like a bunch of like painted like little dots on uh tongue depressors. Like that's how that's what they used for the crowd. Just a miniature set. Um this so move, the chariot race required fifteen thousand extras on a set constructed on eighteen acres of backlot at Sensetta Studios outside Rome. Tour buses visited the set every hour. Eighteen ter- eighteen chariots were built. With half being used for practice, the race took five weeks to film. <laughs> that's insane, and that's so awesome. This um, my this com- is- my comparison for like what this movie probably was in the fifties to like something that's done this well recently is like Game of Thrones. Like Game of Thrones went all out for mm-hmm. all of its seasons on like how much it spent and like on all of its like uh, costume design extras, everything like that. So this kind of reminded me of that level of effort into a movie in the fifties. And this chariot race really made that sink in. Cause like everything else mm-hmm. in the movie was really well done up before it, but this chariot race was so fucking cool. Yeah. And like, even like comparing it to like the sea battle, like the sea battle was done well. And like, they did a good job of like building tension in it, but it wasn't like some like grand battle. Yeah. This was like, a masterpiece of filmmaking and like a ma- not just filmmaking, but a, a human masterpiece. Like I'm, I'm tempted to say equivalent to like Michelangelo painting the Vatican. Like it, it's, it's so unbelievable as far as it's film like, goes, it's just yeah. beautiful as yeah. It's like, it, uh, like a film equivalent of that type of deal. Like it, it's just such a masterful piece of filmmaking. It, it was insanely impressive how they did a lot of these shots. Like I, Still don't even know how they did some of them with the people getting trampled. And, like, I, I assume they used dummies for all of those. But, uh, like, on some of them were even just there was a crash and they just, like, flew up in the air. I was like, they used a person? I was like, how did they not use a person for that? I don't know. There's, well, uh, man, everything about that scene was electric. I think yeah. the, also, Chariot Race doesn't even hold a candle to a Super Bowl. I mean, uh, Super Bowl doesn't even hold a candle to a chariot race. That's what I meant to say. I yeah. like anything that we have today, even the Olympics, anything like that. Nothing would even come close to comparing, probably, to how awesome it would be. Like mm-hmm. coolest event to ever be at would maybe be a chariot race. This looked sweet. It did. It. it I, I just so many things, like especially Masala getting so fucked up, God. like. He got that was crazy. Up. Well, and like I, it, he wasn't the first one that that kind of happened to. Like, yeah, the first guy crashed and flew off, and I was like, "Damn, that was intense." And then the next person gets trampled and like mm-hmm. so dead. 
And I was like, oh my God, this is legit. And this is serious. And laugh out loud funny the people like sprinting out. Oh yeah. What it, what? <laughs> to like carry him on a stretcher and like get the horses out and like they have to do it before they get back around. Yeah. Like that's laugh out loud funny. God, what a terrible job. <laughs> um, but yeah, then then when it well and a I also thought that like this whole no laws in the circus is crazy. But and the fucking spikes that he had on his wheels, that guy's a bitch. Uh, Fuck when he's that. like, when the sheik was like, be careful, he has. Greek, he, he's riding a Greek chariot. I'm like, that should be illegal. Yeah. That's crazy. Make like, that illegal. why does not, why doesn't everybody have that? Yeah, that was so fucked up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I really started I'm, to lose my shit when he was whipping him <laughs> from his yeah. chariot. I was like, I, at that point, I would just hop over to his chariot and beat the shit out of him. And the, they they pulled it off so well too. And like, just like the the whole story of it too. Of like, Judah didn't really like actually kill him. Like yeah. he was just defending himself and like it, it, it was just part of was the race. Great. Because it, it doesn't like put the onus on him, but he still feels bad about it a little bit. I think like when he kind of walks in there, he's like, damn, this guy's like dead. He <laughs> 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 went, sheesh brother. But, but like that. And, but then like just the tension building of it, of him like whipping him continuously and like him, like you can see him like trying to grab it. And then he finally does, and you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> and all he does is just smack him, like, two times, and then like, that's it. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, this, yeah. Oh, man, Masala was such a bitch, and I'm so, uh, yeah, the way that it all played out was perfect. Because I, for a second, I thought that he was going to, like, hop out and go check on him and make sure that, he, that he's okay. And I was like, come on, don't check on him if he's okay. He just was whipping you for, like, a minute. Like, mm-hmm. fuck that guy. Um, so I like that he like went and finished the race and didn't care that much for him. But yeah, he was like kind of it. It was probably not. He wasn't happy seeing his like old friend dead or dying. But um, no, he also wasn't. Didn't and, strike me as too sad or mad about it. He was just like no, part of the game. Yeah. But he had it, a, what's his face? Masala yeah. had a really cheesy last few lines. I thought I didn't like his. Yeah. Th- yeah, it, they they that those last couple lines probably could have been written a little bit differently, but he it drives the point home of he's like, yeah, you 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 think you think you won? Guess what, buddy? Here's a surprise for you. Your mom and your sister are lepers, and they're in the valley of the lepers. <laughs> God, and he's just him. like, what? Oh man, I'd kill him. It'd be it'd be so tough to, like, I mean, go to row in the bowels of this boat forever and then like make your way up and then like but like at the end of the day you're still like fine and like mm-hmm. to know that your family had no fucking choice and like they they got even more fucked than you did uh, mm-hmm. that'd be so tough to live with so like when he breaks that news to him then I was like damn that would literally break your heart to hear yeah it, so I, I've got this note I was gonna kind I was thinking about finishing with it but um, I'll bring it up now because you kind of bring it up um so there's a book in the Bible called the book of Job, J O B. Um, not, not gob, Job, Job, um, <laughs> Job, like rest of development. Yes. Yeah. So is my um, but it's, it's J O B in the Bible. Um, mm-hmm. but so that, that whole story is about a guy, Job, who is a pretty righteous guy. He's also super successful, has a big family. He's pretty wealthy and he loses everything his whole family dies loses all of his wealth because 
the devil was like, let me, hey, God, let me do this to him. Like, he's he's going to give up his faith. He kind of eventually does, but he kind of gains it back. And finally, when he does, it, it like, the whole book is just about suffering and, like, hey, like, shitty things happen to, like, even righteous people. And, like, that's just the way of the world and free will just and just it's it, shitty things happen. And so that's there's a lot of parallels between the book of Job and this um, kind of story. Which is which I think is pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, so he, he he goes to the Valley of the Lepers, and what a depressing place that is. Golly, nobody they don't have names down there. Just like how he didn't have name a name as a slave to the Roman Empire. It nobody knows anybody's names. Their faces are all covered. What's it called Just, when you're not in heaven or hell? Purgatory. Yeah. Not really what purgatory is, but yeah. <laughs> Is that a stretch? Is that a is that a real life example of purgatory? Um, as close as you can get. N- no, that, that's a modern day what what modern day people think purgatory like. That's what purgatory has been portrayed as in like modern like filmmaking and stories and stuff for sure. Um, no, no, no. I'm saying well, yeah, is, is the valley of the yes. yeah. Is that yeah, kind of like a because you're not living, you're not dying, you're just fucking existing in a terrible way. No, purgatory is not a. It's it. If you're in purgatory, eventually you're going to be in heaven. Is kind of the story of purgatory. Ah, is what purgatory is kind of all about. But, um, it, it it's that the Valley of Lepers is just looks awful, terrible. And I I don't know where they filmed that, but it, pretty cool filming location. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So he he tries to find him, and then Esther pops up. And he's like, wait, why are you here? You knew about this and super mad at her. She's like, I know you can be mad at me, but do not show yourself to them. Do not let them know that you know that they're here. Like, it will, it will like, crush just them. crush them. And yeah. him hiding behind that rock was pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. That, that was some good storytelling and emotional storytelling. And Sage, well, I like that Esther yeah. stood up for herself on that one. Like, I, I like mm-hmm. that. She was like, not like, Oh, I'm so sorry I lied. She was like, you do not. <laughs> you do not look at these women. They asked me to lie to you. You do like you do right by them by fulfilling their wishes. I was like, mm-hmm. damn straight. Mm-hmm. You set that man straight. She's a tough mm-hmm. woman. And, and I, I really like I, I really like the character of Esther. It, so it, in, in the four Gospels, it's women play a really interesting role. Most of the women in the Bible or in in the Gospels understand Jesus's teachings way faster than any of the guys. Like they're just like, oh, like love your enemy. Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm gonna love my enemy. I'm gonna love these Roman soldiers that are like enslaving my people. Like, but I'm gonna treat them with love, and eventually, like that'll return to me as well. Type of deal. And the the dudes are like, are you kidding me, Jesus? That's crazy. We want you to lead a revolution, and build an army and kill all the Romans. And he's like, no. <laughs> um, and so like, I think Esther, like that's Classic a good portrayal dude. of like, and a good kind of comparison between like the Mary Magdalene's and the Mary's and like those types of people um, from the actual Bible to like this story where she's like, she kind of, she gets it more than Judah does. Yeah. And fun fact, I'm drinking wine right now and in honor you know. of Jesus Christ. <laughs> I like I'm, drink, I'm drinking water right now, so you know, in honor of 
Jesus Christ. I am you also know, drinking. You know water. what Jesus would do with that water? He'd, oh, yeah. Oh, His yeah. first public miracle, turning water into wine, baby. At a wedding. My guy. Um, My guy. Yeah, so they, they leave the, the valley, and they come upon. Anybody know what this is when all the people are there on the mount in front of Jesus? You mean at the trial? Nope. This is before the trial. It's it's when Jesus oh, is on. Like, yes, 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 yes. In the field, like on the hill, the mountainside yeah. or whatever. Um, uh, it looked kind of familiar, based on like I feel like an image I've seen. But it is called the Sermon on the Mount. It weirdly looks like like they're shooting a picture. Um, I think there there is definitely a painting. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It just, now that you say that, it felt like I have seen that image before when they when it finally was all set and like he was walking away and jesus was in the background and you could barely see his like yeah let's his outline kind of some of these maybe a little bit uh yeah maybe maybe i think also maybe just like the scene made me think it was like a painting more than anything else yeah yeah i can see that yeah um you had the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus delivers the Beatitudes. Do you guys know what the Beatitudes are? Nope. Would you like to know? Yeah. You can say no. No, yeah. Okay. Hit me with the Jesus knowledge. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the land. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the clean of heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. Thus they persecuted you, the prophets who were before you. That's what Esther says. What? That's what Esther says to uh, Judah, two of those, the merciful and the peaceful. Yeah. So when you started yeah, that, so th- I knew exactly because right after that is when he was like, or she goes to him and she's like, do you know what he just said? He just said that mm-hmm. the merciful are mm-hmm. given mercy or whatever, and the peaceful are give are the children of God. And that's where he was mm-hmm. just like, yeah, but how the, and then he gets all angry still. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, now that that rings a bell, at least two of them were said in the movie. There's a whole bunch more, but that's, that's those, that's called the Beatitudes. There's, there's more teachings that he like kind of delivers. That's where we get the, our father. Um, stuff like that. So, yeah, there's the Beatitudes. Um, I, does he talk to Pontius Pilate before or after? I think after it's that. Bef- after this? It's, I mean, well, you see him go up to the, like, or you see him leave the, oh, that's the right. river. Oh, that's then, it's, it's the he's next like, thing that happens. Yeah, because he's yeah. just like, stop going to Rome or whatever. And he's like, I have business to deal with in Rome. Yeah. And so he goes to Rome, gives the ring away. They have that awesome conversation dialogue about the uh, pros and cons of the Roman Empire and empires in general. And um, I, that's the other thing. I liked a lot of the meta conversations in this film. Like, it's I, I feel like it's applicable to almost any, a lot of time periods that like anybody lives in. It's just like a constantly a battle of who has power versus who doesn't have power or things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where that's where that conversation was really cool because he was basically like challenged. Um, like he, he was like, oh, you are now a citizen of Rome. And he's like, fuck that. I don't want to be a citizen of Rome. Rome is what killed my family. Rome is what nearly killed me. 
Rome is what is like Rome is the devil kind of thing. Like Rome is terrible. Um, just like all, uh, tyrannies are. Mm-hmm. And I've would, got that quote if you want it. Yeah. Hit me with it. Where there is greatness, great government or power, even great feeling or compassion, error also is great. We progress and mature by fault, but Rome has said she is ready to join your life to hers in a great future. Which is like the perfect response for him Mm -hmm. as the Roman to say that. Mm -hmm. But I I think it just creates a cool conversation of like still like it's not like it still depends on what side you think you believe is actually like right and wrong of like for Ben-Hur still like the Roman empire is like the most terrible thing ever. But in his opinion, the Roman empire is this guy, Pedro Pascal mm-hmm. or whatever he said his name was. Um, <laughs> no, Pontius Pilate. That's it. Pontius Pilate is a big part of the Bible. Ah. He, he's the one that condemns Jesus to death. He's got a funny name. Well, kind of, but yes. Yeah, for sure. Um, anywho, he's like the governor of this desert area of Judea. He's the voice of Caesar. Yeah. The hand of Caesar. He said, yep. Also, yep. Hail Caesar looked a little too close to something else I know. Yeah, Hail Caesar was really, really, really close to the Nazi salute. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oof. It, I mean, the Nazis had to take it from that, right? Had to. Unless they just made that up. But I, I don't think they just... I feel like they were really accurate on Hitler like, most was like, of you know what things. feels right? Uh, right about there. <laughs> yeah, he's good. like, the Romans did it like at like a... <laughs> See, well, Oh, man. What they were angles. missing is a 45 the, the degree. The Romans did it like a 95 or a 85 degree angle. We're going to go 45. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you worry. The no, look, looks like the Nazis stole it. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. The Roman salute, alternatively called the fascist salute, is a gesture in which the right arm is fully extended, facing forward with the palm down and fingers touching. Yep. And then Hitler I much said, prefer the, the salute of like the hand over the like the fist, like the pull. Oh, that's way cooler. Yeah, the Hail Caesar made me. I was like, ooh. <laughs> that ooh, gave bueno. some real chills, especially in Judea. Oh, yeah. Sheesh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if the people of Judea under the Roman <laughs> Empire knew about the Nazis coming, but boy. Boy, but if they, they did. did. <laughs> Yeesh. Yeah. That would have been a sign to. (laughs) Um, Anywho, then we get to that scene with him and Esther on the staircase where they have a really uh, good conversation about like how hate has destroyed him and how basically everything. Her I loved. What has become of him? You seem to be now the very thing you set out to destroy, giving evil for evil. Hatred is turning you to stone. It's as though you had become Masala. Yeah, and that and was that like calling him his him. dad or something, where he was like, what the fuck did you say to me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that was that was a good scene, though. Because, I mean, like, that's that's one... In a couple of these last uh, interactions, they really, like, drive home the point that is kind of behind the whole film, which is, like, mm-hmm. the word of Jesus, hey, the word of God, which is love over hate and... Like the moral I think you're supposed to take out of this is hate begets hate and love begets love. Like, yeah. And this it, is a very long it, story to really drive that in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then we get Esther. She goes to um, Miriam and oh, what was the other one's name? Targaryen. Tarkin. Mm, certainly not. Miriam and Tirza. Tirza. In, in the, the leper colony and. She's like, nope. 
That's what they called them, leper colonies. Really? Yeah. It sounds too close to leprechaun <laughs> colony. <laughs> I didn't even make that connection. No, that's that's definitely what they leper colony. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. This makes me think of a colony of leprechauns. <laughs> It's like the opposite of rainbows and gold. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the antithesis of a leper, a leprechaun colony. <laughs> dark, dark storm clouds and dust. <laughs> yeah. But yes, um, they go get his family. Yep. Tell and them to not fear. Judah and- shows up and he, Esther's like, holy crap, it, it, it worked. And this was probably, I think, this was the most powerful scenes in the movie to me. Um, you mean the last ones where they where, go to the trial? What the last ones where they go to the trial? Oh no, I'm talking about when when they are like going up and like hugging his mom, and then he goes and finds his sister and like grabs her, and they're so against this, and they're like, "Do not touch me!" Like I, because like that's what it was. Like if you touched people with leprosy, like you were going to get leprosy too. And like they were, I googled. They it. just didn't care. Yeah, I mean, I googled. I I guess like because I was curious about this. Which I'm sure that back then they just figured if you touch them, then you get it. But I, yeah, that's it's yeah. all uh, respiratory, I guess, is like yeah. how it is transferred from person to person. So it's not by touch at all. But I'm sure yeah, that in that time, that's what they thought. Yeah. And the other, the other part of it was in the the law of Moses to um, put it accurately. I suppose they anybody who had leprosy were they were considered unclean. They could not enter the temple. They couldn't do these certain Jewish rites. Um, and then thereafter, anybody who touched somebody with leprosy, they were unclean until they washed themselves. And then the sun had to set. And then the next day they could go and do these other things like go to church and like synagogue, I should say, and all that type of stuff. So that plays into it as well. Of Damn, not they necessarily really just like, treated people with leprosy as like the lowest level of human. For sure. Maybe not even yeah. a human, like treating him like a human at all. Yeah. That's fucking terrible. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. He, he cured a lot of lepers. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> um, yeah. It, it, that, that scene just, I, it was, I just loved how they did it. And it was, it, they, both the acting and the way it was shot, it just portrayed so much love that Esther and Judah had for these two people. And I, it was just fantastic. Well, and I felt like you knew that the entire time you're like, Judah's not going to be the same until he sees them. Like whether they yeah. want that or not, like, I mean that, yeah. And also like you have, you, you try and put, I mean, you don't try to, but like you can't help but put yourself in their like shoes um, about like mm-hmm. this emotional side of the stuff. And it's like, yeah, of course I wouldn't fucking care if my family had like, if people shunned them like this, like I still would want to see them. Mm-hmm. If they're alive, like, so mm-hmm. he needed to Judah definitely needed to. And I think they needed to as well. Um, but nobody, but they, yeah, they didn't know that they wanted it or needed it. Anywho. Yeah. Um, let me go to the trial. So they, they, they're like, we've, we've heard Jesus is in Jerusalem. Um, and the blind man, so they had to Jerusalem. change. Yep. And I see, I, I didn't know that. I didn't know exactly when they were going to arrive in at Jerusalem. I didn't know that it was like going to be, cause I think Jesus was in Jerusalem for a week, um, Holy Week, and he taught at the synagogue. He healed a blind man in front of the Pharisees. The Pharisees are like kind of the leaders of the Jewish church and like the kind of thought leaders and like the main people that you would turn to to like interpret scripture and that type of thing. And the Pharisees were like, most of them were super against Jesus, and they're the ones that had him condemned to death and everything like that. 
Um, and so when I first saw the blind man outside of the temple, I was like, oh, we're going to see Jesus heal this guy. This is going to be awesome. He's going to spit in the ground, grab clay and put it on his eyes. He's going to go wash him off and he's going to be able to see. And that had already happened. It, he healed a different blind guy. <laughs> but um, yeah, so the maybe the worst shot in the movie of Jesus and the other two standing there and the shadow is just over his face. Some shadow somewhere <laughs> out of nowhere. No idea which, what it was. I like the fact they did it. I don't know if I liked how the they way they pulled it off. Yeah. 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 Agreed. <laughs> like it was just, and it stood it, out it was too much. Yeah. It stood yeah. out it, like a sword. It was thumb. like, it, it made you think like, Oh, nobody has ever seen Jesus's face. Yeah. <laughs> like in the, like in the time, like that's what they're like, is uh, that made, that's what made it made me think of like the people that were like actually there. They're like, Oh, we don't know what this guy looks like. We just know he has long hair. Yeah, and this goes back to like sandals. the. I'm glad that they still kept this up and didn't. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, it stood out. But like it was <laughs> such a wide shot, they probably could have just showed his face, <laughs> <laughs> or just have him be like looking down or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So then we we get the we get the Passion of the Christ and him carrying his cross and full stations. He stumbles a couple times. We see Simon. We see the Simon take up his cross and carry it part way. Mary, a bunch of stuff, and then Esther and Miriam and Tirza are like, "All right, let's let's get out of here." Everybody's freaking out because we're lepers. And Judah stays, and he because um, he recognizes him. And Bal- him. He, he, yeah, he recognize that, that. That's right. Thank you. He recognizes him. He's like, "Oh, holy cow!" He's like, "I've met Literally. this man's before." Yeah, this is this is the guy that gave me water. I understand now. Um, there were a couple things with Esther and Miriam and Tirza that, um, were very on the nose. They were talking about how when he was carrying the cross, it was like he was carrying the sins of the world. The people around there did not really realize that right then. That was kind of a post, um, post that happening kind of realization like, oh, him dying is the thing that washes away the sins of the world. Um, but whatever. It, it, yeah. That was like 10 seconds. Um, I, I, I like Balthazar being there um, with Judah and like it. Yeah. It, it really good. Really good scene. Um, it was just like, I mean, the whole movie, the whole underlying thing of the movie was all about like what we were just talking about Jesus and love, not hate, things like that. And so like this was a perfect way to obviously end the film. Um, and yeah. It was, yeah, it was a well done. Mm-hmm. And then they and yeah. then he cleared their he cured their leprosy. Yep. It. Yeah. I. I don't know. Any the the score um, was just fantastic. It. Yeah. This it movie awesome. just basically didn't have any any big misses. Like it. No. It, it nailed it on pretty much everything. Acting was phenomenal writing was phenomenal sets were phenomenal like for the most part this movie just absolutely fucking killed it yeah um before we get into any some of the oscar stuff we'll kind of go over some of that sage you got anything else you want to throw in there about the kind of the end stuff no this has been a long review on top of a long movie and i'm tired (laughs) it has um 
All right, let's 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 run through this Oscar stuff real quick. Charlton Heston won Best Actor. Um, Hugh Griffith won Actor in a Supporting Role. Um, he was oh, huh, he was the Sheik. The Sheik won Best Actor in a Supporting Role. <laughs> wow, wow, who has not called that on the Oscars? Racist. <laughs> Oscars so white. Yeah. Even even when they're brown, they're white. Mm-hmm. Um, one art direction, color for a color movie. Um, one cinematography for a color movie. Costume design, color movie. Directing, William Wyler. One. Um, one film editing. One best music score of a dramatic or comedy picture. Um, one best picture. One best sound. One best special effects. And it was nominated for writing screenplay based on material from another medium. That's surprising that there hasn't been a headline like Oscars history gave Oscar to blackface. <laughs> Brownface. Brownface. They, like, I don't know, um, 47 years later, they also nominated a guy who did blackface. Oh. Tropic Thunder. Well. Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> <laughs> Slightly different context. <laughs> For sure. One was For intentionally sure. satirically making fun of the fact. Yes, yes. For, I, I, I just I just like to bring that up. That Yeah, that is pretty funny, though. Tropic Thunder. Yeah. <laughs> I had to do the math. I was like, curious. I think I, I think I got that right. Tropic Thunder came out in 2006, right? 2008. Ah, I was, it was 49 years later. Not 46. I was three years off. Um... Room at the Top won for Best Writing. I've never heard of that movie, but 100% on Rotten Tomatoes for Room at the Top. How about that? I was just reading a little bit more about some of the... There's so much behind the making of this film. There could be a... I mean, maybe there is a documentary on the making of this film. But this is just I'm saying sure that there is. there is a total of 1,100,000 feet of footage shot for the film. And um, that the first cut of the film was four and a half hours long. And then they decided that they have to bring that down. But, and then the final, so to give you context, the final, uh, when the film was edited into its final form, um, it was just 19,000 feet of film compared to what they started with was 1 million feet of film. That's so crazy. Yeah, um, so there is a documentary insane. from 1993. It's just under an hour long. Ben Hur, The Making of an Epic. Mm, it I also mean- talks about the, the story behind the novel as well. I we should have also just included that in this watch while we were on, while we were on it. <laughs> Sage would have killed no. us. I, oh, no. I kind of want to see that though now. To just yeah, I do too. I because this I movie to was. To I want to see it, but not right now. <laughs> I need time. Um. All right. Anybody have anything else they want to talk about here? No. I mean, I think we fucking covered every every inch of this movie. Every nineteen thousand foot of this film. We even had a special guest. Yeah. That was awesome. We should have just got her score at the beginning. Yeah. I bet you'd just be 100 um, just for the hunk. Yeah, she was refusing <laughs> it. She was pissed that she even spoke as much as she did. Well, she was awesome. Agreed. I was trying to keep her around for more, but... All righty, well, let's do some scores here, I suppose. From the aggregators, an 8.1 out of 10 on IMDb, an 85% on uh, Meta, or I'm sorry, 85% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 90 out of 100 on Metacritic. I'll go first. It's going to be a 90 from me, boyo. It was an awesome film. 
I don't know if I'll watch it again anytime soon. It's far too long. Um, but I think if I was with someone that really wanted to watch it and I had the time to burn and I got to see them see it for the first time, I would probably rewatch it. But I will not be running back to it anytime soon. Although, or however that being said, it was very fucking good. Yeah, I think the fact that it was so long makes it hard. Like, I think I would rather watch... One sec. This is like a must-watch at some point. I'm, yeah, I, I don't agree. think Citizen Kane is a must-watch. <laughs> at least I'm not. I'm not going to say it is, but I'll say this one is. Like if if somebody was like Ben Hur is the greatest movie ever made, I'd be like, I understand why you say that. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know if Citizen I Kane. Be, I'm like, can... you are a pretentious douchebag. <laughs> yes, I'm consistent. I'm the only one that's consistent between the three of us. I, I will give this an 88. And it was the number that was running in my head. And I was thinking totally along Tate's lines, like very good movie. I will watch it again at some point in time, but no way in hell would I watch it probably within the next five years, just because it's such a long movie. However, my direct comparison for it was a very long drawn out movie. That would be difficult to watch another time. 2001, a space odyssey mm. gave that one an 87. This is an 88. Whoa. I would watch this before 2001 space odyssey. Interesting. Absolutely. Very interesting. Um, so on my letterbox review from Monday night, I gave this a 94. I'm bumping it up after talking through a lot of this stuff um, to a 97. This movie was awesome. Like it, it just, it just had so few flaws and length isn't a flaw to me. Um, especially with how this was laid out. And like, I, I totally get why Sage, you'd give it an 88 like that. It, it makes total sense. Like that's, I fully understand that. I just am, I I like long movies. I think I am coming to like realize like, agrees long. I'm like you're this wrong. Is be awesome. No, totally. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm I'm giving it a 97. Um, my last kind of point on this. Um, this is me repeating a point that I heard from a pod, a little video I was watching before we recorded this while I was waiting for you guys to finish the movie. Um, it's called the Criteria Podcast. It's a Catholic film, film podcast. Um, they said they were making the point about how the Roman Empire is trying to be God. They try to turn Judah into a God after he wins the chariot race. Um, but the true God is not like them. The true God is love. Um, but that was awesome. They did try to turn him into a God in Rome. Beloved, let us love one another because love is God. Everyone who loves is begotten by God and knows God. All right, so that is going to be an average score of 92 for Ben-Hur Sage. It is your movie pick next. What you got for us? Yeah, did not think about that at all. I don't know. I don't have one. <laughs> Are we picking for you? Up. No, 0% chance. I got a movie I could pick. Another right musical or a horror um, movie? Okay, I pick uh, Battle Royale 2, Requiem. I already did it. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Roadhouse? No. I'll watch uh, Roadhouse again. I would actually watch Roadhouse again. <laughs> no. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Can't. Well, I'm just drawing blanks. Couldn't even answer that. I'm going to have to think about that one. And text look you. in the episode description, and the next week's movie will be there. Um, so, Sage, you have to have that to me by the time... I edit this episode. Yes. Send it like okay. tomorrow. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's not I just, that hard. It's not that hard. It's just like, I literally didn't think about it until you asked me. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. I really. Well, and I get wanting to put a little bit of time into it, but yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I don't want you to pick something off the seat of your pants, especially after watching a three, three and a half hour long movie and recording a two yeah. hour long podcast. Good God. Who knows what I'd pick? <laughs> Probably Battle Royale 2 Requiem. Hey, but I want you to watch it. Wow, I was just going to stop the recording, and I was like, wait, we aren't done done yet. No, we're not. Okay, yeah, let's get this done. <laughs> All right. Um, so, yeah, like I said, check the episode description for the next movie. Sage will have it to us um, shortly, and the, the note will be in there. Maybe I'll come on and say something, too, for you uh, listeners that can't read, which I know there are many of you. I'm just kidding. That was a mean joke. Um, <laughs> you... <laughs> Michael, I know you can read. Um, all right if you'd like to get we're we're like slap happy right now i don't know what's happening um if you would like to get in contact with us you can email us at gd4ampodcast at gmail.com follow us on instagram at gd4gd.movies twitter gd4gd underscore movies leave us a five-star rating and a review on any of the podcatchers that take reviews and ratings spotify apple podcasts etc etc and if not then i'm gonna bring a greek chariot to our chariot race I'm going to make you row your boat gently down the stream. (laughs) That was good until that. (laughs) (laughs) And if not, you will be my enemy, which means I will love you. Aw. All right. We'll catch you next week at the movies. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Were you there when they crucified my Lord? From the cross Were you there When they took him From the cross Oh
there when the stone was rolled away? Were you there when the stone was rolled away? Stone was rolled away.